Well, it's time to recap and review Week 11 in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is how you find us each and every day. And let me start off just apologizing. We're a day late on the recap show. I was uh, traveling halfway across the country for a good friend's wedding over the weekend with a toddler and a six-month-old. So, Needless to say, uh, getting back here late on Sunday was not going to be a good time to try to do this show. So I apologize for doing it a day late. That's my bad. But thank you all for reaching out and asking about that because uh, many of you find this as part of your Sunday listening routine if you're a Big 12 fan. So uh, good to be here. It was a wild week. I was still monitoring all the games, so I didn't feel like I missed anything. But it's always different when, you know, you're trying to balance weddings with game watchings and everything else. That's why don't get married in the fall, not during college football. I told the guy not to do it, but he didn't listen to me. Such is life. That's what happens when you're whipped like he is. All right, let's get to uh, week 11. Let's start off with uh, Baylor and Oklahoma. Boy, a lot of storylines coming out of that game, huh? A lot of storylines. First off. I look at this game and I said, okay, this is why I picked Baylor plus six. Oklahoma was getting way too much respect on the road when they hadn't really played anybody yet. I mean, not not that they haven't played anybody, but the hardest part of their schedule was yet to come, right? You look at the OU schedule, they ended the season, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. This was always the toughest stretch of their season. And you saw the, how they had played this year. It's been a weird year for OU. The struggles against Tulane, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, Kansas. I mean, outside of Western Carolina, TCU, and Texas Tech, like, they haven't really blown anybody out. They've been a bad team against the spread. And now they're entering the toughest part of their schedule. And they they lost on the road against uh, the Baylor Bears in a game that, frankly, makes the score look closer than it was. Now, I don't I don't get Lincoln Riley going back and forth in this game between uh, Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. Caleb Williams is your guy. The Spencer Rattler era is over. I know Caleb Williams was not looking good and did not look good, but this was by far the best defense he's seen in his life. All right, we gave you this tidbit. If you look at the advanced metrics, Caleb Williams had not faced a defense in the top 80 in the country this year. Guy's a true freshman. He's now facing a Dave Aranda defense. And Dave Aranda's got Lincoln Riley's number. So this was always going to be a tough spot. But I believe you should have ridden out Caleb Williams. I would not have made the change back to Spencer Rattler because what are you accomplishing by doing that? Maybe you try to catch lightning in a bottle, but that's it. And it certainly didn't work. So on the field, I mean, OU does not look like a college football playoff team. It just doesn't. It doesn't look like the best team of the Big 12 right now. Baylor and Oklahoma State look like better teams. And depending how this weekend goes, you may say Iowa State's a better team as well. It's entirely possible. Abram Smith and that running game had their way against OU. 296 rushing yards for this team. 6.3 yards per carry and a couple of scores. They demolished the Oklahoma run defense. Meantime, on the other side, OU only rushed for 78 yards, less than three yards per carry against the Baylor Bears. I mean, Baylor owned OU in this game. There's no other way to put it. They owned them. And then there was the end-of-game drama. All right, so let's spend a little bit of time on the end-of-game drama. 
Lincoln Riley got upset because uh, Baylor fans were getting set to storm the field. Dave Aranda calls a timeout. The reason Dave Aranda called the timeout is he wanted to kick a field goal. Why did he want to kick a field goal? Because in case there's a tiebreaker among two lost teams in the Big 12 title race, point differential between teams is the third tiebreaker in the league's rules. So you might say, well, what are the odds? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The Big 12 is completely up for grabs right now. Why is point differential not possibly part of the equation here in the Big 12? So Dave Aranda calls a late timeout because he wants to kick a field goal due to point differential. Baylor fans storm the field. Then they got to get the Baylor fans off, get them to the sidelines, and they got to do the whole field goal thing again, kick the field goal. Lincoln Riley was not happy about it. He said it became a safety issue. Quote, I know why Dave tried to kick the field goal. I don't agree with it. And I still think above all else, there is a code of sportsmanship that I believe in. I would not have done it. That's his decision, though, and that's his football team. That is a slight from Lincoln Riley against Dave Aranda, and it's completely unwarranted. Let's be very clear. It is completely unwarranted for Lincoln Riley to get up there and preach to anybody about a code of sportsmanship. First off, big picture, and I know this is not on Lincoln Riley, but anyone from Oklahoma or Texas talking about sportsmanship when your two universities secretly solicited membership in the SEC behind the Big 12's back, I don't want to hear it. All right? It, 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 talk about ringing hollow. That is the definition of ringing hollow. Get out of here with that. I don't want to hear it, and nobody should, everyone should laugh at anybody at Oklahoma or Texas talking about breaking some made-up code of sportsmanship. Dave Aranda had his reason for it. It's not Dave Aranda's fault that Baylor fans stormed the field early. Dave Aranda wasn't like, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to make sure that our fans storm the field before I go ahead and kick this field goal. And then have to push them off the field and then have them back on the field to storm the field. I, he's not going to do that. that wasn't, that's not Dave Aranda's fault. I mean, it's unfortunate that you had the field storming and they had that whole mess. And then they had to go back and figure out what to do about it. And get everybody off the field. But that's not that's not on Dave Aranda. It's college football. And with all due respect to Lincoln Riley, you want to talk about Dakota sportsmanship. This guy led Western Carolina 62-0 entering the fourth quarter. The Sooners tacked on another 14 points, won at 76 zip. And when you look at the play calling down the stretch of that game, it was not run, 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 run. In the last 15 offensive plays of the game for the Sooners, they ran seven passing plays and eight running plays. You want to go back a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Oklahoma taking on Kansas. KU calls its last timeout with 130 left in the game. OU is leading 28-23. The Sooners had options to burn the clock and call it a day. Lincoln Riley chose not to do it. I know a couple of kneel downs, they have not worked out perfectly timing-wise, but you're telling me you can't kneel the ball at 125, kneel the ball then at what would be 45 seconds, and then on fourth down, run around for five seconds, slide down and call it a game, call it a win. Lincoln Riley ran the ball with Kennedy Brooks. Why? I believe because he knew 
barely beating Kansas would look really bad. So let's get a 12-point win over a 5-point win. All right? And if you want to go back, credit to Matt Mosley for finding this tidbit. The Big 12's code of sportsmanship director, Lincoln Riley, kicked a field goal with a minute left in 2018 against Baylor to make it 66-33. to 120 left in that game. Austin Seibert kicked a 26-yard field goal to make it 66-33 Oklahoma. Oh, I know it's a fourth down play. What do you want him to do? Uh, he's up 30 points. Doesn't really matter what he does. Kicking the field goal? Code of sportsmanship? Spare me, please. Lincoln Riley's better than this. I mean, I I, I like Lincoln Riley. Used to work in Oklahoma. Woodward was my first job. Loved the place. Loved the people. A lot of good friends who are Sooners fans. But that is so weak and so petty from Lincoln Riley. And I'm just disappointed that he decided to go down this road. Very disappointed. And that was almost a bigger story after the game as much as anything. Next up, uh, looking at Week 11 in the Big 12, let's go to Kansas State and West Virginia. So uh, close your eyes. Wake up and K-State's won four games in a row in the Big 12. They are 7-3. and three. Uh Skylar Thompson's playing very efficient football. Deuce Vaughn is doing his thing. You know, five yards per carry, another 120-yard rushing game. I mean, this is what Deuce Vaughn does. And Kansas State looks really good. They look really good. They had nine tackles for loss on Saturday. Secondary had five passes defended. They had three sacks. I, this was some. This is some darn good football. Picked off uh, Jared Dagey a couple of times. You know, Jared Dagey goes up against a decent defense. He doesn't look any good anymore. I mean, that's that's unfortunately how it goes for him. But K-State, I mean, three, four, a month ago, K-State fans are freaking out over Chris Kleiman. It's like they lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to OU. They lost to Iowa State. Three games they were expected to lose. Since then, they've ripped off four wins. They've still got Baylor and Texas. They're a favorite this weekend against Baylor, by the way. A favorite against Baylor. And then they go to Texas, who's a total mess. Kansas State's probably 8-4 and four this year. Think about that. And if it breaks just right, Kansas State's going to be 9-3. and three. Get off Chris Kleiman, please. I, I, You have a right to be somewhat upset with how things are going with the coordinators. I know Messingham's been a guy that people have wanted to knock on since day one, and sometimes that is warranted. But uh, get off Chris Kleiman for right now, please. The guys deserved it. The guys earned it. Uh, you're seven and three. This is exactly where K State football should be. Seven, eight wins, possibly pop up to nine, ten once every three, four years, and away you go. Now for West Virginia, Neil Brown's not going anywhere. He's done very well recruiting, but you're looking at a team right now that's sitting at two and five in league play. They still have to play Texas and Oklahoma. So, uh, excuse me, Texas and Kansas. So. You're looking at probably at worst three and six in the league, possibly four and five. They win these next two games and they are bowl eligible, which would be huge for this team right now. I mean, getting an extra month of practice would be much needed for Neil Brown going into 2022. But still, you've got to be able to admit, and I don't think West Virginia fans are are naive to this, that it's been a disappointment. It's been a disappointment. And... I'm not here to say that Neil Brown should be going anywhere right now. But these last couple of games, losing to Oklahoma State, 
24-3, losing to Kansas State 34-17, coming off of back-to-back wins against TCU and Iowa State are disappointments. And, and it is fair to critique this program right now based on where it's at for Neil Brown. That is entirely fair after that Kansas State win on Saturday at home against the Mountaineers. Next up, Iowa State losing to Texas Tech. This would be the story of the Big 12, if not for the disaster in Austin, Texas. Iowa State's season is right now a disappointment. This was a team that was supposed to play for a second straight Big 12 title, maybe find itself in the race for a college football playoff, and they're 4-3 and three in Big 12 play. They're 6-4 and four overall. They've lost two of their last three to subpar competition in West Virginia and Texas Tech. I, this has been a disappointing season for a team that returned, what, 1920 starters from last year's Fiesta Bowl winning team? This has been a disappointing season. And as much as we love Matt Campbell, and I think he's a hell of a coach, I think he's one of the elite coaches in this sport, it is fair to also say this coaching staff has not done a good job this year with this team. It's not like they've only lost to competition better than them. Iowa can get it. On the road against Baylor, understand it. West Virginia? Texas Tech? No. No, this Iowa State team is far superior to both of those programs, and to lose to them two of three weeks is a bad job by everybody involved, and now they got to go on the road to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, it's very possible Iowa State is 7-5 and this year. And this was the year people thought they could win 10 games. And that is not even coming close to happening this season. It's not. Unless they pull off a couple of wins here to close things out, they'll get to 8. But even that, I mean, based on what the expectations were, 8-4 and is, is not meeting them. And it's great to have these expectations for Iowa State. But it's also fair to say, geez, I mean, you lose to Donovan Smith and the Texas Tech Red Raiders? You give up six yards per carry, 207 rushing yards to Texas Tech. You make Miles Price look like uh, Tyree Kill out there? Come on. Just a bad performance overall on the road. And then, of course, Tech winning it on a 60-plus yard field goal. Just a monster field goal. But it was a it was a bad game all around for the for the uh, Cyclones. But I'm happy for Texas Tech, and this is why I picked Texas Tech to cover the spread, not to win to co- cover the spread. Uh, anytime you get that new hire, you got guys that are looking to impress the new head coach, Joey McGuire. People are know that McGuire is watching. He's looking at the tape. He's rooting for his guys. The fan base is fired up. They got their new head coach, and kudos to Sonny Cumbie as well. For not sitting there and saying, oh, I didn't get the job. Woe is me. I don't care. Maybe Sonny Cumbie will stay on the staff. I have no idea. I'm not sure what Joey McGuire is thinking right now. Not a clue. Didn't call him Jerry. Joey McGuire. But kudos to Sonny Cumbie for busting his tail to get these guys this win, not giving up on these guys, even though he has personally not, uh, you know, not going to be the head coach. He's still fired up, and his reaction after that game on Saturday was was college football at its best in many ways. And I was happy for Texas Tech. And, hey, Tech got that one win. They're going bowling. It's going to be huge for this program that they're going to get the extra practice time, and Texas Tech is going bowling. I would not have predicted that a couple of weeks ago. I wouldn't have. 
So next up, in terms of looking at the Big 12 games, uh, we'll do Oklahoma State TCU since there wasn't a lot to dive into here. Oklahoma State, Jerry Kill said after the game, Oklahoma State's the best team he's faced all year. That's that's telling you something. Uh, this this is, for my money, the best team in the Big 12. That running game, I mean, 447 rushing yards. Are you kidding me? Eight rushing touchdowns. Spencer Rattler playing efficient, smart football, 17 to 25, 235 yards and a score. This is this is uh, not your father's Oklahoma State team. This is not Mike Gundy's 2011 team. This is a completely different team with an incredible defense and a wildly successful running game. They had seven sacks against TCU on Saturday, 12 tackles for loss. In total defense, the Cowboys are third in the country in total defense. Behind just Wisconsin and Georgia. The national media, if OU or Texas was playing this kind of defense, people would be raving about it. It's Oklahoma State, so they're not talking enough about it like they should. It is awesome to watch this defense, and it is not getting enough credit. And I had the Pokes minus the 12. I just thought that Chandler Morris going up – in a night game in Stillwater and his first road start against this defense was going to be a a, a a well of a problem for him. It turns out it was for Morris, but it doesn't really change anything that I think TCU is. I would keep playing Chandler Morris. That's a very tough game for him, tough spot for him. And I'm going to see what this guy's got uh, because still that performance that he had against Baylor was very impressive. And he deserves to keep seeing a lot of playing time here down the next couple of uh, games of the season. But TCU... Barring something unforeseen is not going to be bowl eligible. They've got Kansas and Iowa State left. They'd have to win out to be bowl eligible. But Oklahoma State, man, I mean, this team deserves to be in the talk of the college football playoff. They'd have to win out. There's no way a two-loss team is getting in from the Big 12. They've got Texas Tech on the road. And then it's Oklahoma. And then it's the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State wins out. This is a college football playoff contender, and it should be, and it would be worthy of being a college football playoff contender. And I would hope they would get in, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, these Cowboys are looking great. Last but not least, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened, but as a – 30-plus point underdog, the Kansas Jayhawks went on the road and beat the Texas Longhorns 57-56 in overtime on a two-point conversion. What is going on in Austin? What an absolute mess. Five straight losses for Texas, blowing this game, losing this game at home to Kansas. This is horrible. Steve Sarkeesian's first year has completely unraveled on him. Completely unraveled. This is worse than anything we saw during the Tom Herman era. This is worse than anything we saw during the Charlie Strong era. I don't know if these guys have just quit on him or what happened. But when you got guys that are possibly quitting on you in year one, you've got problems. And then you figure in the off-field drama and off-field nonsense for this team as well whether it's monkey gate, whether it's players leaking videos of assistant coaches reaming them out, like last week with Bo Davis. This is unprecedented. What happened, no Big 12 team had ever lost a conference game as a 30-plus point favorite until 
Kansas versus Texas. And the last time Texas dropped five in a row, Daryl Royal was a year away from coming to Austin. Think about that. Think about that. I mean, how far are you going back here? Put that into perspective. A year away from being in Texas. You're talking about 1956. You got to go back 65 years. This is unbelievable in a terrible way. What has happened to the Texas Longhorns? They're two and five in the Big 12. They're four and six overall. They've got West Virginia and K-State left. They still can be bowl eligible, but they're getting everybody's best game. I mean, Texas always got everyone's best game, but now with them leaving and the whole thing, they're getting it times two. They got to go to Morgantown, sleepy 11 a.m. kickoff. Then it's home against Kansas State to wrap up the season. If Texas goes, let's say, four and eight, I mean, I'm, uh, Steve Sarkeesian can't go anywhere in year one. But how embarrassing would this be for Texas? By the way, uh, the program and the university who reportedly is leaving the Big 12, at least in part, because they don't like the, they, they don't like the home slate. They don't think their home slate is strong enough. You don't even win the home slate. What do you mean it's not strong enough? You don't even win the games that you play. <laughs> your three Big 12 home games this year, you're one and two. You beat Texas Tech. You lost to Oklahoma State, and you lost to Kansas. Our home slate's not good enough for our fan base. Really, you don't even win the games. So what are you talking about? I mean, I, if you're a Texas fan, I've got some sympathy for you here. But you got to understand, as a Big 12 guy, uh, I want Texas to succeed because it's good for the Big 12 for as long as they are in the Big 12. I felt that since day one. But with the excuses that were made, I I mean, it's somewhat poetic justice in some ways. So, boy, that thing has unraveled way beyond. If you told somebody halftime of the OU game, this is what would happen the next month and a half. Would anybody believe you? No way. And I got to give props to Texas here. I mean, what what Lance Leipold is building and what direction he has this team in. I'm not saying Kansas is going to be going to bowl games next year. But you have got to feel as good about this program, not just in the games that they've won this year, but also in the way they played Oklahoma. You have got to feel as good about this program as anybody has going back to Mark Mangino. I, it's just they need more talent. We know they need more talent. But, wow, what, what Devin Neal can do, and it's good to see Jalen Daniels getting some run. He looks much more confident. He played a lot last year at quarterback. He had, you know, some nice runs. Uh, looked pretty solid throwing the ball through the air. These kids are just playing hard, by the way. They're just playing hard. And that's a testament to these players and to this coaching staff. And when you got that kid Casey catching the two-point conversion, his parents going nuts. You can't write a script like this. I'm so happy for these young men with the Kansas football program, some of who have had three coaches in David Beatty, Les Miles, and now Lance Leipold. That is the kind of game that makes college athletics what it is, that is uh, just awesome for these kids to get to experience. And uh, it's, it's just it's really special. It's really special to watch. And I'm so happy for everybody involved with that Kansas football program. Genuinely happy because we like to rip on them and give them a hard time and goof on them. And it's easy to do. 
But when that happens, boy, that's that's just it's it's fun for the sport. It's really fun for the sport. I'm Pete Mundo. There you go with our Week 11 recap and review of the Big 12 Conference. Please, on the podcast, take a moment out. Leave us a rating and a review. That's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys right away. Right away. I got a new uh, uh, bunch of koozies here in stock, so... I'm sending some out. I know some of you have reached out saying, where's the koozie at? It is going in the mail this week. I promise you guys that. And uh, we've got many more ready to be sent out as well. All right, you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you actually tomorrow. The plans are for Adam Rittenberg of ESPN to join us. So hit that subscribe button on the show. That way you never miss an episode here on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you soon.